Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to the Showing Up to Your Life podcast YouTube channel. Art Burns here on a Saturday morning. So happy to be here with you. And here to talk about a little brain integration science and neuroscience here, um, I want to talk about this today. It's it's really um, so I'm taking this course. You know, I, I always part of my part of my mission as a coach is to or or part of my obligation as a coach is to constantly be learning, right? I think that's a really important thing. I think that's important for our lives in general. You know, I think, well, I mean, I happen to know that, that you know, for the health of our brains, right, it's important to have new learning, you know, that it's just, that's a, a fact, right? There's no ambiguity about that, right? And so, uh, so, so knowing this as we do, you know, it's, it's important to, you know, to keep seeking out. Now, now new knowledge can be in many, many different forms, right? Like new knowledge doesn't have to be neuroscience, right? It just so happens that I'm a geek for neuroscience and I love it and it really plays into the work that I do, right? But new learning could be, you know, taking music classes or, or taking pottery classes or knitting classes or, um, you know, learning a new language. Uh, it could be learning um, a new exercise. It could be learning to, um, you know, new ways of organizing your home. It could be many, many different things, right? But the idea is to just be, be hungry for knowledge. You know, it's, gonna, it's really, really important for the health of your brain, right? So that's a little uh, PSA for you, right? Um, but you know, but but the, it's it's vitally important, right? When we talk about, well, I mean, for me, it's vitally important, right? To, to have new understandings and and kind of you know dive into the the neuroscience because this is the work that I do, and the more that I can understand what's happening in your brain, the more I can help you to to live a life that is you know. Uh, you know, mostly happy and, and, you know, well and, and, and balanced and, and, you know, and, and compassionate and connected to the world around you. Right. These are the things that I do, which, which I'll take this moment to, uh, to kind of just explain something about coaching, um, as opposed to therapy. Right. Um, and I think I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but it's really interesting and very worthwhile, um, uh, kind of, um, point, right. Is that, you know, when you, when you go into therapy, right, you know, it's, it's therapy is yes, it's, it's trying to help you to live your life, you know, with balance and with, you know, um, engagement and, and with, um, you know, wellness, right? The same way that I talked about a moment ago that I do, right? But the difference between a coach and a therapist, right, in, in a generalized difference, you know, one of the generalized differences is that a therapist is there to help you to, to understand what has happened to you, right? To help you to go back and to, and to understand the things that, that have gone on that have created the current you, right? The, 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 the you that brought you into this office because there's a, a dysfunctionality somehow in your life, right? Um, so a coach is not so much about going backwards. You know, coach is not so much about looking and, and figuring out the why and, and the how of what happened. The coach is here to take you from today, right here, right now, and moving forward. And, and, and I'm going to give you tools that you can use to regulate your life, okay? And, then, and that's why, as I've said here before, an ideal circumstance for someone who is struggling with trauma or, or um, you know, just, just 
you know, just psychological difficulty, right? Uh, an ideal on, uh, circumstance or situation would be for a person to see, to be working with a coach like me, who's going to really intensively work on the here and now and give you the tools to, to again, regulate yourself here and now so that you can now go to your therapist and have much more fruitful and much more productive work with her or him. Um, so, so that's just a little point that I just thought I'd throw that out there. So anyway, getting back to my, my other point is that I, uh, I, I've been taking this course. A part of my dedication to you and everyone else who I work with is that I need to constantly be learning. You know, I'm, I'm you know, constantly uh, bettering myself in my craft, if you will, okay? And so part of this is I, I'm taking a course with Dr. Dan Siegel. Now, you hear me talk about Dan. He, he asked me to call him Dan the other day, so I'm just going to call him Dan now. <laughs> you, you've heard me talk about Dan Siegel here. I mean, he has written, it must be about 12 books or so, maybe even more, uh, phenomenally awesome fantastic books i mean seriously like they are just really he he takes these uh like intense scientific you know concepts and 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 he explains them in a way that you can you can relate to them without having a phd you know uh which i don't and so um so i've always been a big fan of his and he also um he he approaches the science of mindfulness which is also my thing you know and so so this course that i'm taking is called and this is dan's kind of this is his his purview, right? This is his genre, something he's kind of created on his own, and he calls it interpersonal neurobiology, right? So it's all about how we're relating to each other, and and but on a neurological, which is to to you know to indicate the brain and the nervous system, and the biology of the body, right? Which is a really important aspect of this, right? That it's not, you know, so many, so many people, this is something that John Kabat-Zinn says all the time, or in a couple of his books, he says that, that, that people, most people feel as though their, you know, their bodies are here simply to hold their head on so that they can just think their way through life you know and that's how most people live their lives and and so and so so it's really a uh, a very very important and and very beneficial well, maybe the understanding is not that important. I don't know if it's necessary that you understand it, but it's important to have an integration, right? And that's what I want to talk about today is that you know when we detach ourselves from our bodies, right? Which we do, you know, just by living in life, you know, because like I said, so much of our, our life is done up here, right? And so so we go through our lives thinking that this is everything, right? And and so but but especially this is true for people who have experienced trauma, right? And this is something I've realized as I do the work myself to, you know, I'm kind of my own therapist here because I don't have time to to go see a therapist. But I, you know, through my own work, my, you know, just just hours and hours of journaling and, and you know, and, and you know, true uh, introspective, you know, meditation and, 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 and really just, you know, working on it, you know, um, which, which I'm, able to do because of the training that I have, you know? And so, so anyway, you know, as I work on, the, on myself and as I, as I study trauma and I study, you know, my own trauma and trauma at large and the science of trauma, and everything, one thing that I'm realizing, it's very, very clear. And, and it's not that I just realized this, I mean, this is a major factor of trauma 
is that we disconnect from our bodies when we experience trauma. And there's a specific reason for that, right? Trauma is not just in your thoughts and in your memory, right? And in fact, in many ways, in fact, in many people, you know, one of the aspects of trauma is that you can't remember it, right? With most trauma, specifically childhood trauma, right? Like you can't remember because your brain is not allowing you to remember as part of its defense mechanism, okay? And so, and so, so, so therefore, by, by the very nature of the trauma, you are disconnecting from your body, right? You're, you're creating a disconnection between your brain and the rest of your body. And, and so when we talk about mindfulness, by the way, right, and, and as you know, I talk about heartfulness a lot, right, but, but even mindfulness, right, th there is a great notion out there, and a lot of scientists will tell you today, this outdated notion that, 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 that the mind and the brain are basically synonymous, okay, but that is not true, right? The, the mind includes, you know, the mind is a, uh, I mean, well, I'm, I'm giving you my opinion, right? There's no, that's one of the things about the mind, right? That there's no, like, book that we can go to that says, okay, this is what everybody agrees is the mind, right? That just doesn't exist. And, and, and many people say that when somebody does come up with that, they're going to win the Nobel Prize, right? Because because that's like the holy grail in, in a lot of ways of neuroscience, right? And so, so, so there, are, there is a school of thought that the, believes that the mind is the brain, right? That the thoughts that are the electrical and chemical synapses that are happening are that is the mind, right? That's not the, <laughs> the notion that I subscribe to, right? Because I think the mind involves, you know, well, I mean, let's just talk about even if we were going to accept that definition that the neuronal activity is the mind, right? Well, we also have neurons, the same neurons that, are, that make up our brain, we can find in our heart and we can also find surrounding our stomach, okay? So, so where is the brain, and where is the mind, right? So, so I like to look at it as a system, right? And that's how my buddy Dan Siegel looks at it too. Um, very much, he, he actually calls the, the, the biome of the human body, he calls it a complex, well, and even the mind he calls a complex system. Right. And, and, and there's various I was looking through my notes. I don't have it written down. I'll have to go back to one of my video lectures and, 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 and look them up for you. Uh, but there's there's a, a, a several qualities that 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 define a complex system and the mind hits every single one of them. Right. And again, if we're talking about the mind you know, as just the brain, well, then, may, you know, it gets a little sketchy. But if we look at the mind as a whole system, then, then it starts to fall into place. And that's what I really like about the way Dan works things, right? And so, so one of the things, though, that he talks about so much, and, and this is by definition what I'm talking about, right? Like, like one of the, let me, before I get to what Dan talks about, let me tell you what I talk about first. And sorry, Dan, much respect to you. Of course, I'm not upstaging you. But, but before I get to what Dan says, let me first talk about, you know, the, the, more, the, the, the biological imperative that we have to integrate ourselves back into our bodies, right? You know, um, there was a, a great... Um, uh, there was a great uh, um, experiment done many years ago. Was, Malcolm Gladwell wrote about this in one of his books, and uh, Search Inside Yourself talks about this in, in their book. And um, 
so this this uh, this experiment was done at a college where they had hundreds of students show up because you know you could win five bucks or something. So, you know, college students are gonna like you know they're gonna go to that, right? And so so you have four decks of cards set out in front of you, right? Two red and two blue, right? And uh, I don't know the the nature of the game. I'd have to look that up, but basically flipping over one card at a time over any of the decks you know you're either going to win a little bit of money you're going to lose a little bit of money right and so so the the two red decks are straight out of the box right just shuffled and put down there and you know go play you know standard right but the blue decks are completely fixed there's no way that you can possibly win with the blue deck so after so so what they found was you know each of the people it was around 30 you know, 30 turns or so that they said, okay, something seems up here, right? And after about 50 turns, everybody was like, okay, yeah, the blue decks are fixed. I'm not winning anything with the blue decks. This game is rigged. Give me the money I've won and let me go, right? <laughs> that kind of thing, right? But here's the thing. They, everyone uh, that played the game was hooked up to a polygraph machine, right? A lie detector. And one of the things that a polygraph measures is the sweat glands on your palms, okay? Now, the sweat glands on your palms are different from the sweat glands in the rest of your body in that they don't react to heat. They react to an internal signal of of danger and 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 stress and fear right and and it's i'm not going to go into the whole biology of how that happens but but that's that's what the sweat glands on your palms really are doing right and so and so so what they found was that after like eight or ten turns right the people were registering some activity in the sweat glands of their of their palms meaning that they knew something was up right but they and they and they also started favoring the red decks without even knowing. So so this brain didn't know what was going on, right? The brain that could speak and the brain that could communicate and stuff had no idea what was going on. But the brain down in the gut knew like 30 or 40 times before the, the brain in the head knew, right? And so and so so again, that's that's your intuition. Right. That's that's the thing. Like like when you're making any decision in your life. Right. You want to get that brain involved. You want to get this brain involved, too. Right. You, you don't want to just rely on this, because the thing is that this brain is also where we tell our stories and where we we, we you know, gather our information. Right. And so and so so you, this can be very fooled. Right. That's why these people, you know, they were thinking about how much money am I going to make? You know, am I winning? Am I losing? I wonder where I'm at. You know, that's what's going on here. So they're not that's why they don't realize until, you know, 40, 50 times later that, oh, wait, something's wrong here. And by the way, I think it was 50 turns that they started realizing in 80 turns now that I'm thinking about that they gave up on it. Right. So so they knew a full 40 time, 40 turns before their their brain registered it their gut registered something was wrong that's that's really significant right and so and so again so so what what happens then is that you know when we experience things like trauma right and also just just from years of living in your head right it doesn't even have to be a traumatic thing but what we're doing is we're we're detaching from this right we're detaching from and, and all of you on the on the podcast I'm I'm pointing at my body when I say we're detaching from this right we're we're detaching from that 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 authentic part of us that 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 carries our intuition 
right? And therefore, the decisions that we make, you know, have, and I was talking to my wife about this last night, you know, and, and she like resonated so loudly. Like, like when we look back and say, gosh, what a bad decision that was that I made, you know, that in large part is, is when you're making a disintegrated decision, meaning that you're just using the brain that's in your skull. You're not checking in with your body. You're, you're, you're inbred, you're, you're innate, sorry, your innate um, intuition and instinct, right? And so, so think of the difference in the decisions you might make if you can integrate yourself, right? Okay, so, so let me... Um, so let me get back to, to what we're talking about here. So I just want to check a couple of notes here because this is important kind of stuff. So, so one of the things that Dan is talking about is, you know, so, so, so basically, you know, any time that we're, when we're feeling well, right, when we're, you know, everything's good, we're kind of, we're grounded, we're, 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 but we're also flexible, right? We're, we're, we're feeling like, okay, I can handle life right now. You know, I feel like everything's okay, right? In that moment that you're feeling that, you, you're, you're in a very integrated state, right? Your, your left brain and your right brain are, are kind of working together. You, you know, your top brain and your bottom brain are also working together. Even your front, your back brain are also working, working together, right? And, and this is, this is why you feel good, right? When you feel not good, you're going to tend towards either chaos or rigidity, right? And that's just how the brain is going to work, right? And so, and so, so the emotions, right, that we're, that, you know, chaos and rigidity is going to create emotions, right? So, so when we're in a chaotic place, you know, maybe we're going to get angry, maybe we're going to get, uh, you know, uh, you know, jealous and then get into a ragey kind of place, right? And if we're in rigidity, maybe we're going to get a little bit more timid. Maybe we'll get a little more, you know, depressive or, or anxious or, you know, or, or, or just, you know, stuck, right? And so, so, so this, so when we're feeling those emotions, right, that is when our brain is losing its integration, right? And so, and so this is really, really important to understand that, that we always have the ability to bring our integration back, right? Now, mindfulness is something in general that, that, that helps to cultivate, that helps to, to create integration, right? And so, um, I just want to check if I'm not missing something. So, yeah, okay. So, so the other thing is that that positive emotions are when we're promoting integration in our body, right? When we're feeling positive emotions, that's when when integration is 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 happening in our in our brain, right? When we're feeling negative emotions, that's when the various parts of our brain are operating in disintegration. Right. And this is specifically true. And, and I hate to tell you this, but <laughs> I really do hate to tell you this. But social media is something that works against the integration of our brain. That's important to understand. Right. And this has to do with something called the default mode network. Right. There's a, a network of, of neurons that actually kind of goes through the middle of the brain and, and uses parts of the front, parts of the back. But the various parts that it's using. Right. Is. Um, is all about promoting the or or all about feeling a sense of what what Dan and many other scientists will tell you is a false sense of separate self 
right? And so, so when and you can really look at it this way that if you're if you're feeling that yourself is separate from everything else, then you're you're not integrated, right? That's what's happening, right? The parts of your brain that make you feel that sense of self, that separate sense of self, which is again false. You know that those parts of the brain are going to work in isolation, and so they're 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 disintegrating the parts of your brain, right? And so and so this is important, right? Because you know when we, um, you know when when we talk about um, uh, you know social media, right? <laughs> you know. Social media is all about the separate self, right? Even though it feels like you're you're connecting to people, you're really not. You're you're you know most people are using you know social media. They're putting a, a selfie up there, you know, like like hey look at look at my self that I'm putting up here, right? We're also like you know we tend to think about like oh my gosh how many likes did I get on that post? You know, that's that's all promoting the separation. Right. And so and so 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 with that in mind, it's all the more important for us to promote more integration in our in our lives and in our bodies and in our brains. Right. And and so so one of the the and, and mindfulness in general, as I said, does promote integration, right? Because what you're doing in mindfulness, right, is you're coming back into your body. You know, we're using the breath to, to come back into the body. As soon as I'm paying attention to my breath, right, which is happening in my body, whether I'm paying attention to the, the lungs, the, you know, the chest rather, or, or the abdomen, which, which is why I usually, I always encourage uh, people to, to, you know, breathe with their abdomen anyway. It's a much better, you know, more, more, you know, sort of stabilizing, calming way to breathe, you know, but when we pay attention to the breath happening in the abdomen, our attention is coming down into our body and we're helping to, to, to link that again, right. To, to rebuild that, that connection. Okay. But there's also a really wonderful way that you can even further enhance this, this, this connect home and this, 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 um, uh, integration between again, the left and right of the brain, the top and bottom of the brain, the back and, and forth, the back and front of the brain and between the brain and the body. And this beautiful way of integration is compassion. Now, in in the uh, we just had I've been talking to my wife about this for days because it was like meeting like one of my heroes, you know. Uh, but but you know, part of this course that I'm taking for six months, we have once a month we have a question and answer session with Dan, right? And so so we get to get on video with him, like have a one on one conversation. I'm telling you, it's like you know, I used to like want to like meet like Jerry Garcia and Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, you know. <laughs> but now it's like, oh my gosh, I met Dan Siegel. It was amazing. But anyway, um, uh, so so I got to ask him a question because in one of his lectures he says that um, that that, uh, that that a an integrated mind, you know, the compassion arises from an in, not mind, but an integrated brain is compassion arises from the integrated brain, right? And I was talking to him in my question and answer, and my question for him was. I understand that, and you said that in the lecture on the mind, you know, part two. But, 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 isn't it also true that that practicing compassion will create integration? He said he was like, that's like the most important question you could possibly ask. I was so honored to hear that. But, but it's true, right? Because because the thing is, right, that integration is is huge, right? It's not just 
right? It's not just the integration between the various parts of your brain, but when you're when you 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 use your heart, right? And you use your and the thing is though that you have to first notice in order to 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 practice compassion, you first have to to practice empathy, right? Which is to say, to reach into that bottom part of your brain and say, okay, I need that empathy, right? Like like that that's happening down, not here, down under this part is where you're feeling empathy, right? But you're using compassion up here, right? And so so that's where compassion happens is up here. So so by by using empathy because you need to f- notice someone else's pain before you can practice compassion towards them, right? You're automatically building a link top and bottom of your brain, right? And now by by feeling it in your heart, you're now building an integration down into your body, right? And and again, also with inside your brain in the various regions, when you practice compassion, you're using the various regions of your brain and they're coming together, right? There's a midline circuitry that, that, that binds everything together. So when you just consider, when you just, and it's, and it's so simple, folks, it's so simple. All you have to do to practice compassion is just simply think of someone you know right? Even think of someone you don't know, right? And, and now ideally you do three different, well, you do four people, right? You do yourself, then you do someone you love a lot, like a positive person in your life, right? Somebody who you have no trouble giving compassion towards. Then you do somebody neutral, the, the letter carrier, the, the person who lives down the block, you've never met them, right? Somebody who you have no feelings one way or the other. And then you do somebody that's difficult, right? Somebody in your life who gives you a hard time about stuff, right? And this could be just, you know, a cop that gave you a ticket or, you know, or somebody at a ticket booth that wasn't as friendly, you know, could be very anybody, right? We all have people in our lives who, who do things that, that we don't love, right? So just, and, and in turn, right, one at a time, just picture yourself, and remind yourself of some time of suffering or, or just tell yourself that there are times where you do suffer, right? And then you do the same thing for the person you like, the same thing for the neutral person, the same thing for the, the hard person, the, the, the difficult person in your life, right? You just simply just think of these people, feel what it feels like in your body as you're thinking about them, right? Just as you, as you call up the image of this person, what does it feel like in your body? It might not feel like anything, but, but it might feel like something. Just notice that for a moment. And now just picture them suffering with something, you know, picture them stuck in traffic when they're late. Picture them, you know, getting a coffee that has the wrong kind of milk in it. Picture them, um, you know, um, you know, dropping their, 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 you know, dropping a plate as they're walking to the dining room. Picture them, you know, with five loads of laundry to do on a Saturday morning, you know. You know, little stuff that we all suffer with, right? Picture that suffering and then just wish for the end of that suffering. Okay, now this could be your entire meditation practice and you will benefit so deeply from it. Your integration will start to happen and you will start to experience more positive emotions and you will start to feel more empowered to do the things that you want to do in your life, right? You'll feel more balance. You'll feel more equanimity. And, 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 and also, right, so, so before we go here, I know it's been a long uh, podcast here, right? 
but there's integration, again, side to side, back to front, top to bottom within your brain. There's also integration between your, your brain and the rest of your body, right, which happens via the vagus nerve, by the way, right? So there's a vagus nerve that comes right out of, like, this part of your brain right here, and it extends all the way down to your gut, and it touches your heart and all the, uh, all the organs of your gut, right? And so when you practice compassion, what you're doing is you're stimulating that vagus nerve, right? And what the vagus nerve is, it's kind of peculiar as far as nerve systems go in the body, is that it's a two-way thing, right? So it sends signals back and forth. And so it's connecting your brain to the rest of your body. And then because we're practicing compassion, what we're also doing is we're connecting to one another. Okay, we're, we're, we're extending past that concept of a separate self. And what we're doing is we're integrating with each other. Okay, and not just in empathy, right? Because empathy gets a little tricky, right? Because empathy is feeling another person's pain in you. Yes, that's a connection, right? But it's also what, what happens is, and this is this is an important part of integration that Dan talks about a lot, Dr. Siegel talks about a lot, is that integration is not a melding, right? It's not a, a, a combining, right? It's differentiation and integration. The way he describes it so beautifully, this is what I mean about how he describes things. It's just so relatable. He says, think of it more as a fruit salad than a smoothie, Right. And so so when we experience empathy, a lot of times we can get lost in the other person. Right. We lose our sense of self. Right. And so we don't want to lose completely our sense of self. We just don't want to have that sense of self be so separate. We want to combine. Right. But we want to keep our our sense of self. Right. And so that's where we can move the energy from the the lower part of our <laughs> the, <laughs> this is so hard. The lower part of our brain where, where empathy happens and we can move it into the big, beautiful part of our brain where compassion happens. Right. And so and then again, that's building, you know, building into uh, integration. Right. And that's where we get to a point where, as Dan, again, beautifully says, when we connect with somebody, right, even just in a very basic conversation, right, there's, there's the me, right, and then there's, there's the you, right, but then there's also the we, because the thing is that we are connected, right, we are sharing information and energy back and forth with each other, but also, and science knows this now, that, that you know, our, our heartbeats are going to start syncing up with each other very quickly. Also, it's been well observed for a very long time that our gestures will start to mirror each other. Our facial expressions will start to mirror each other. This is why married couples start to resemble each other, because they spend so much time, you know, discuss and, and connecting that their facial muscles start to mirror each other and they start to look like each other, right? But also the firings of your neurons are going to sync up. So it's very, very real that we are becoming one system, right? We were two separate systems, but now we're becoming one. So that is also integration. As Dan calls it, it's we, Right, so it's me plus we, we, which sounds like a kiss, and I love that. <laughs> so, folks, practice compassion, 
practice mindfulness, please, please, please do it because I want to be connected to you. I want you to be part of my integrated world. And that's the only way that it can happen or one of that's the most effective way that it can happen. The most effective way I know that it can happen. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this this little talk today. I know it went a little bit long today. Hope you don't mind. Um, you know, hit me up if you have any questions or you want to talk any further about this or if you have any questions about that practice. I want you to do that practice. I really do. Okay. It's very simple. I recommend if you're going to do those, you know, again, the four people, right? Yourself, uh, uh, positive person, a neutral person, a negative person, right? Just Which is just to say somebody who's just automatically, you know, gets your compassion, somebody who's just neutral, doesn't matter, and then somebody who you maybe don't want to give your compassion to, right? Those are the three people plus yourself. You spend a minute or two just breathing first, you know, prime yourself, right? But seriously, folks, this is like a, a three or four minute meditation. It doesn't have to be very long. Now, you could extend it because you could keep doing more people. There's no problem with that. And one of the things I like to do in my guided meditations is I start widening a circle, you know, so like just start out with your friends and family then go as wide as like the, the state you live and then the country you live and then the whole world. And that's actually something I, I borrowed from Dan, Dan Siegel many years ago uh, from his uh, Wheel of Awareness um, uh, meditation. I may have changed it a little bit, but, but basically the same concept is that we can, you know, there, there's billions of people here. <laughs> and then if you add all the animals and, and insects, I mean, there's hundreds of billions of, of creatures that we can offer compassion to. So they'll never run out. Right. But seriously, even if you just wanted to do like three or four minutes of this, right, do it first thing in the morning and then do it just before you go to bed. Right. And that alone is going to start. Well, because what happens is by doing that every evening and every morning, you wind up, you know, you're, you're going to start doing it throughout the day without even realizing, right? So, so you're going to be building integration and, and promoting integration and, and, and increasing your wellness and your well-being all day long. And so that's a great little, little trick for you. And, and it's such a, I mean, such a minimal investment of time. So, so see if you can do that. Let me know if you have any questions. All right. Thanks, everybody. Wish you well. Be back again tomorrow. Take care, everybody.